to the Member Engagement Show with Higher Logic, the podcast for association professionals looking to boost retention, gain new members, and deepen member involvement. Each episode, we'll bring on some experts, talk shop about engagement, and you'll walk away with strategies proven to transform your organization. I'm Kelly Whalen, a marketing professional and association enthusiast, and I'm so happy you're here. And now let's start the show. Welcome back to the Member Engagement Show. Today, I'm here with Terry Carden, creator of the Palooza event. Palooza brings together industry thought leaders and curious association professionals to explore new and innovative ways to generate and implement non-dues revenue for associations. I'm really excited to chat with Terry today about trends in non-dues revenue generation and some key takeaways from this year's Palooza event in September. So, um, Terry, without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to you. Can you tell us about your background and a little bit more about Palooza? Sure. Thanks, Kelly, for having me on. And hello, listeners. Um, I hope you get a little bit of Nandu's uh, love in your pocket today. Um, sure. So uh, I actually started on the corporate side, um, and I won't go down that rubber trail too far, but um, I helped build some pretty decent brands around the Nashville area and was the GM for a cookie store um, called Christie Cookies once upon a time um, and helped manage 11 stores all around the Nashville area. So I kind of got my brand and business roots on the corporate side in Nashville, but I um, I took a, a, a risk and a dare and a dive into association management on accident, like most people, I think. And um, I landed with the Florida Society of Association Executives, um, gosh, back in like 2007, I think, <laughs> so a long time ago. Um, and um, I came on board with them as the marketing and technology director and worked with them for five years. So I've sat in the association management seat. Um, I was recruited by um, the Association for Retail Environments, which is now actually called Shop or Global Shop, I do think. So um, that group, I worked for them for a while. So I've had a little bit of professional society and trade experience, um, which all brought me to a place where I started um, whenever I went out on contract with ARE, <clears throat> because my boss at the time was saying he was going to retire. And I said, Klein, the only reason I'm at ARE is because of you. <laughs> um, you can't retire. If you retire, I'm retiring. And he's like, you can't retire. And I said, uh, yes, Klein, I can. He said, no, we can't. You know, you can't go away. You can't go away. And I said, uh, yes, I can. He said, well, at least stay on contract. So we re reorganized a little bit. I no longer had any direct reports and I just worked directly with them for about six months while I went off and built the first resource I created for the association management industry, which is uh, reviewmyams.com. Um, that is my actually my original baby um, as, into, as I forayed into entrepreneurship. Um, and off of Review My MS, I created an event because I guess I was a glutton for punishment in my association days. I was missing the, uh, the event, <laughs> the event <laughs> excitement that, that happens and the cycle of running an event. So I created AMS Fest 
And after about five years of running AMS Fest, um, I had a group out of the D.C. area called Association Trends who purchased AMS Fest. Um, So that's still running both in Chicago and in D.C. to this day. And then I started a software company called 100 Reviews. And this is where kind of the non-Dooza-Palooza rubber meets the road, right? So I started um, a software solution which allowed any organization to spin up their own Yelp or TripAdvisor-like experience. And I was writing at nauseam around um, the the science, business, and ethics of online reviews. And I thought, well, there's a, definitely a non-dues revenue spin here because one of my clients was making some serious bank on non-dues revenue. And so I started writing a little bit about non-dues revenue. And I quickly noticed that that content around non-dues revenue was getting about 350 times more attention than any of the other content that I was writing about. And I thought, hmm, this is kind of a a sweet spot. And I started nosing around and I realized that some organizations were talking about non-dues revenue, but definitely not enough. And there was no real home for this non-dues revenue conversation. So like I said, being the glutton for punishment that I am, I was like, oh, you're good. Let's jump back into events again. <laughs> so I created Non-Dusapalooza in 2019, right before all of the craziness happened um, in you know March of 2020. So I had all these people registered and I had 12 sponsors that um, were going to show up to Non-Dusapalooza in May of 2020. And, um, you know, we know what happened in March. And so I had to contact everybody and say, I have no idea what's happening. We're going to do something this year, but I don't know what. And I got on the line with all my sponsors on a collective sponsor call. And I said, ah, this like stinks really bad. It more than stinks. It stings. It's, it's, I feel like this is such a topic that's needed in the marketplace. I'll give you guys your, your sponsorship dollars back. I had tears in my eyes that, you know, we had come this far and we were going to have such a great group of people together. And Kelly, it was really awesome. It was a unanimous decision among the sponsors that none of them wanted their money back and they all wanted to continue to support the conversations and community that was starting to be built around the Nandusapalooza brand. So I proceeded to keep crying <laughs> and be so grateful that um, those sponsors wanted to continue to support Nandusapalooza because truly it is has, you know, helped foster like so many conversations in the association world around how associations can continue to drive their missions forward. And I'm forever grateful to those sponsors and the people that believed in that brand at that time, even though it was just so new to the marketplace. Um, We ended up holding three virtual events that year and, you know, and they ended up reaching far beyond what I could have reached with an in-person event. Fast forward, we've had now three in-person events, two in downtown Nashville, one in Denver, and this community is growing. I think that there are over 3,000 A-plus engaged um, association professionals, and this year at the conference, I think there were close to 30 sponsors that were um, supporting as well. So it's been so awesome to be me in the seat and see this I don't know, this much needed conversation come, you know, come to life. I love the 
the story with the sponsors just being so excited about the event as well, because I feel like that makes such a huge difference too, when you have these people that are like coming together and really excited about a topic and all just like ready to engage, however that engagement happens, whether it's in person or virtual or what have you. So definitely wonderful to hear about the appetite for that event. Jumping off of that as well, um, why would you say non-dues revenue is so important and impactful for associations? I know at my former association, we recognize how powerful it could be, but I know some associations um, might still be kind of dipping their toe into that. So let us know a little bit more about what non-dues revenue can kind of do for associations. Sure, sure. So Other than there are just some really amazing member benefits that we can offer to our members, other than just like making our organizations cooler (laughs) by diversifying the opportunities that we give to our members and sponsors, what we know is that, you know, associations cannot rely on dues alone, right? The average association's revenue um, split is 40% on average of dues revenue. So that leaves a whole nother 60% or so of an association's entire revenue that is committed to revenue outside of dues, which we call non-dues revenue, right? Even according to ASAE's foundation, and their most recent operating ratio report, the numbers that associations were leaning on back in the 50s, okay, was 95%. So this gives us a little bit of an idea of, you know, what the, you know, how dues have dropped over the last 60 to 70 years. You know, trade associations are really looking at numbers more like 30% or excuse me, 45%. And uh, individual professional societies are really seeing in that 30% range. So what we know is that non-dues revenue and these alternative revenue streams are imperative to the success of membership organizations. And if we think about associations as a whole, associations are the backbone of society. If an association isn't doing well, basically a profession isn't doing well. And If we think about, you know, even as consumers and just average everyday people walking around, you know, what we're depending on is the transportation people to do their jobs and the medical professionals to do their jobs and the construction, you know, people to do their jobs well. And all of those are backed by associations. So they have critical missions that impact our day-to-day lives. And non-dues revenue is a major way for them to be able to escalate and execute on the missions of our society. So gosh, non-dues revenue, I feel like is the biggest spoke of the wheel of, uh, of opportunity for associations to stay alive and keep propelling their missions forward. I love that framing because I feel like associations that kind of diversification you're talking about really makes associations more resilient when it comes to the challenges they might run into or, you know, even with the pandemic as an example, um, if you, you know, were really reliant on a particular revenue stream, whether that be dues or one of your non-dues revenue streams, like a particular event, if you don't have different options to kind of fall back on, if one of those things kind of runs into a challenge, you're less able to kind of pivot if you need to 
So I really like the way that you framed kind of how associations having all those different revenue streams kind of makes it possible for them to keep supporting their mission because they know that they have, you know, a couple different ways to bring revenue in that allows them to keep functioning. And for folks that might not have explored what non-dues revenues opportunities could be, could you just quickly share a few like examples of non-dues revenue streams just in case folks are really new to it? Sure. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a great question. Um, People might be like, okay, bring value to members, provide new (laughs) member benefits. It's not dues. So like, what could it possibly be? Right. Um, Well, I guess, you know, for starters, we can look around and kind of like your grandma's version of non-dues revenue opportunities might look like investment income. By the way, there's nothing wrong with any of these grandma's revenue, non-dues revenue ideas, right? Um, Investment income. So the organization is sitting on a pile of reserves. They got it sitting in the bank. That's um, generating, you know, interest um, for the organization. That's one way. Rental, like putting up properties or or space within the building for rent. Oh man, affinity programs. So these are programs of of, of member benefits that you might provide so that your members can engage with a company outside of your organization. And then the association gets a um, revenue share or some sort of affinity back or royalty back to the organization for making that connection. Think rental cars or think Geico or insurance companies. There are um, other opportunities like credentialing or learning management, online learning. A lot of these online learning tools now are an additional benefit that members would have to pay for or non-members would have to pay for. We've got job boards and career centers where you've got companies that are posting jobs. And let's let's pretend that a single job posting might be $500 for a company to post within that industry. Well, now the association has that new revenue coming from that company as well as dozens or hundreds of other companies that are wanting to post their jobs there. We've got, oh gosh, I mean, the list goes on and on. White papers or surveys. Yeah, essentially yeah. anything you it's can everything. think of that you yeah. could Books. <laughs> have a fee. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's... even like events and webinars, like technically that's Absolutely. not due. So like yeah. I, mm-hmm. my former association, like they had an annual conference that was non-dues revenue because yeah. members and non-members could come. We had webinars. We had a job board that brought in consistently about 30 grand a year without much effort. Like I had right. to manage that project. And, you know, we worked with a job board company like um, HireLogic Thrive Jobs, for example, kind of just integrates right into um, an association's community. And mm-hmm. working with that kind of third party company was great because, you know, they took a portion of the proceeds, but even still, we were getting that like 30 grand check every year just for having a job board at all. And we were only um, selling job posts, I think, for, I think, $200 a piece, mm-hmm. which was very, pretty but low Kelly, for that. The, the beauty of that, like that, that model, though, is that you've got this company that wants to post a job within a specific industry. And then you've got people within the industry that are hungry and looking for the jobs. So what do you have? You have two needs there. You've got the need of individuals within the organ within the association and within the industry. And then you've got the need of industry partners and or 
for-profit companies that are looking for people. So what does the association do? They get to play the matchmaker, right? They already have the collective audience. They already have the attention of the industry. So it's really just like a, it's a beautiful model in so many ways, well beyond, you know, career centers. I mean, but career centers are a great example. Yeah. I think that's a great way to think about non-dues revenue programs overall, that the association ends up kind of being like a mac a matchmaker mm-hmm. where they can see what the members need and then also potentially see oh we have a sponsor or a partner organization yes. that has something that could really help our members mm-hmm. um i don't think it has obviously you want that revenue coming in so that you're adding that revenue stream to your organization but it's not all about money it's kind of like these are opportunities to create connections for members with you know people who might be able to help them do something so that's definitely I think another way to kind of brainstorm ways to bring in non-dues revenue. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, jumping off of that, I'd love to hear some of the key takeaways from this year's non-dues Palooza event or any other um, non-dues Palooza programs that have occurred this year. Because I've seen on your website, there's like a lot of really great ideas and tips from folks in the association space doing really cool things. Yeah. Um, so every month we host an expert series and that on-demand portal that you um, got in and cruised around is definitely full of content. I think there's 50 some odd unique pieces of content all around the non-dues revenue discussion, many of which hit on the exact same list that I just, that we both just kind of spouted off everything from learning management to job boards to um, building unique content and engaging with corporate sponsors, people that are outside your own industry. So yeah, I mean, there's just a pile of content there. But I have a couple of favorite sessions that I'd love to share with the group on what happened at this year's Nanduzapalooza. You know, as I mentioned, the topics are basically endless, but this year in particular at Nanduzapalooza, we had four workshops. Um, where we kicked off the day, there were half day workshops. It was um, there was one on sales, which a lot of times as association professionals we think sales belongs in the for profit, and on the you know maybe technology vendor or the the you know the opposite side of the fence. But actually, sales is not a dirty word. It's not the S word in association management either. There's so much to learn there. Um, whether it's from body language to actual, you know, contract negotiation, there's a ton to be um, learned there. We had one on corporate sponsorships. So yet again, matchmaking those Fortune 1000 companies with associations that are doing really incredible mission-based projects. And uh, we had one on growth mindset. And, you know, when we think about bringing in new programs and or sunsetting programs, we really have to embrace that changed mindset, right? That we got to adopt a culture that is open to change. And that's not only just on the leadership side, but that's all the way down to the volunteer member and the members themselves. And then we had one on monetizing virtual events. Um, and uh, that was an incredible time with those people in that workshop as well, because uh, they're, you know, the virtual events, uh, landscape has changed tremendously in the last few years, and there's so much to be learned. Yet at the same time, there is so much money that's being left on the tables when we are 
um, hosting these virtual events. So all of those went over really well. And they actually almost uh, helped me transform what I'm going to talk about a little bit later, which is what the 2024 schedule looks like for Nondoozapalooza. But those workshops were were well-loved. Um, but on the full day of Nondoozapalooza, um, so we had workshops the first day, and then the second day was a full day. We were all in the same ballroom um, in a beautiful hotel, and we um, got to deep dive together as a community of like ah, about 115 or so that were in the room. There were two, um, actually three sessions, I think, that really stood out to me. One was the first one we opened with um, AI and non-dues revenue, where Beth Z actually took some concepts, some kind of like just plain regular concepts of non-dues revenue and made them fabulous or plus one them with AI ideas. So that was really cool. She had these ideas come to life in real time in front of the audience. So that was a lot of fun. So think about how AI might be able to help with some of the marketing and or some of the content that's being created for your non-dues revenue ideas. And then uh, we had what is my ultimate favorite, um, the incubator experiment, which is two association professionals this year coached side by side with me and Joanna Pineda. And she's the chief troublemaker at Matrix Group. But um, Joanna and I coached for, oh gosh, I think it was six months this year. Every other Friday, we were meeting with two association execs to help them um, make a new non-dues revenue idea come to life. And we call that the Nondoozapalooza incubator experiment. So after all this time and coaching together and them having something come to life in some way, shape, or form, then they take the stage with, with um, Joanna and they get to talk about their celebrations and their commiserations as they evolved this idea. And the whole concept here, Kelly, is that we're trying to show other association professionals that it's not that hard to do with a little bit of accountability and commitment to thinking and ideas swirling around there. The potential is not that far away for you to bring a new idea to life. So if you're really clamoring, you know, for new revenue and looking at the bottom line and going, oh my gosh, next year, I hope we don't have to cut two or three people because our revenue doesn't look like it did, you know, pre-pandemic times. Know that there's opportunity that's not that far away. It's not that hard to do. And so these two association professionals sat in front of the audience and one of them talked about how he's um, they're rebirthing their e-commerce portal. So they're um, rebranding the entire organization. It's a 200,000 member organization. The name of the organization is Shriners. And so Shriners is rebranding and they're taking on um, a new e-commerce portal so that their members can go in and buy inventory and, um, you know, fun swag from the organization. And then, and, and the way that Brian Harrison executed the conversation with that and the way that he's growing uh, that part of um, the non-dues revenue is just really interesting and compelling. And he's had some trials and he was open to sharing a lot of those with the crowd. So, you know, he was up against a lot, but he's still making progress. And then Kelly Baxter, who is with the American Translation Association, 
Um, she has brought so many new sponsorship ideas to life and she was sharing those some as simple as like sponsored polls. So, you know, she's asking her members every Friday or every Monday or whatever day of the week it was a poll. And now she's got sponsors that are actually supporting those polls and has moved into a, a year long sponsorship model rather than, and, you know, a la carte here or there per event sponsorship model. So very cool to see their celebrations and commiserations come to life. And then deep breath here. There was so much to learn. But um, my, my other favorite one was the way that we closed out the day with Deidre Daniel, where Deidre actually spent quite a bit of time crafting and creating a game she calls the interesting conversations game or interesting conversation. The very interesting conversation company is the name of her company, but she creates interesting cards that generate fun answers, right? You can't come up with a typical answer and it can't be, you know, mundane. So you've got to come up with something creative and fun. But what she did was she took all of the sponsors from Nandusapalooza and she got a fun fact from them. And she took the fun fact that she learned and she crafted it into a fun question for the audience to answer. And so we were all on teams and people were laughing, um, you know, from, from the very moment that Deidre took the stage. And it was a great example in real life of how we can showcase our sponsors and those that are supporting our companies in a fun way, because fun is not frivolous. And I think that's kind of the spirit of Nandusapalooza is that we like to have a lot of serious fun, Yes, we do have beer and wine at lunch, which starts then, (laughs) but it's also around a serious topic. And we know that, you know, what a responsibility and that we have with our organizations to propel these missions forward, but it doesn't have to be boring. It can be fun too. So those are three of my favorites from Nandus of Palooza this year. I love all of those. I feel like it's so important for associations and other folks to like go to events like this because you can get really stuck in the day to day or the way you've always done Mm -hmm. something. And then you go to an event like this or even a virtual event and you're hearing from other people about some of the cool things they've done. You have an opportunity to highlight some of the cool things you've done and maybe even build on those ideas because someone else says, oh, that sounds amazing. Have you thought about adding this component to it? So it's such a great opportunity to kind of like break out of just the way that you do things in the day to day and kind of get new ideas. And I just, I love to that example you shared of the group that's doing sponsor polls, because I think that's such a great a reminder that you can use all of your channels, like all the channels that you have for reaching members, whether that's email or your community or any other ways that you're talking to members or engaging with members. That's a possible way to kind of bring them more value by partnering with another organization or having these sponsorships. Like I know my former organization was exploring ways to use kind of the community as a non-dues revenue source and that polls idea, like that never even occurred to us. That's so cool. And it would be a way to engage members too. Like the sponsors, you know, they get value out of it because they're getting to post the poll, but your members get value out of it too, because it's this opportunity to kind of hear from each other and join in in a conversation. Absolutely. So that's just really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Kelly gets yeah, it. And I think <laughs> You've sat on that seat. In that yeah, seat I get too. it. You get it. Yeah. <laughs> These are the moments that I'm really excited to like work at Higher Logic and be able to talk to so many associations, but also sometimes miss 
being in an association yeah, myself sure. because I'm like, ooh, I just want to like go like tell my old organization like, oh, you should try this. I mean, which I can totally yeah, do. Do that. <laughs> I'm. I think some of them listen to the podcast. So I've got a probably long list of where those came from, where that one came from. <laughs> Kelly. Uh, it's, it's pretty cool to have a global perspective on what associations are doing in the non-dues revenue world. There's there's hardly another person that spends as much time in the non-dues revenue conversation as what I do. So I get to hear some really fascinating things that our associations are doing to move the needle. That's yeah. awesome. Um, well, can I ask you what's next for non-dues of Palooza? Like, what do you have coming up? Ooh. Yeah. So um, in case anybody was going, oh, I want to be at the next Nandusapalooza. We get wine and beer at lunch. Plus we have serious fun around a serious topic. I've got some bad news for you. There's not going to be another big event uh, like we've had the last three years, but I've got good news too. The good news is that what we're doing for 2024 is we are taking many of the topics that we've already explored here today, and we're going to take those topics and we're going to pull them into small workshop style half days. And I'm calling them the Nandusapalooza pop-ups, and they are coming to a city near you. So it will be groups of between 10 and 35 individuals that are talking about the non-dues revenue um, around the specific topic. So let's take for for example, uh, digital assets. So maybe we'll do a three or four day, four hour workshop in Chicago around how to monetize your digital assets, and it will be a deep dive into this digital asset conversation. We're not just brushing on it for you know 30, 45 minutes, even an hour. This is going to be association professionals walking away with a playbook on how to monetize their digital assets. But digital assets is not where we stop. We go to all these other topics around, oh gosh, data, how to monetize your data, learning management. You know, We will probably jump into fundraising and there's there are so many topics that are going to be covered and it's gonna be in a small setting which I think association people are hungry for more of. Um, we're, we're now back in the throes of going to big events, but I held the first minimum viable product or minimum lovable product of a pop-up in the Crystal City area back in July. And there were 18 professionals there and they said that it was a better session than what they would have gotten that they've gotten in any other event in a really long time. And so I'm really proud of this concept. It also helps associations not be out of the office as long. So they take a lot away and a little bit of time in a city that's close to them and a group that's not so large and intimidating. Plus I'm full-time in my van. So it's going to get me to some really cool cities across the country, maybe even sneak into Canada um, with, with my van. So I've kind of got my own little ulterior motive going here, Kelly, for why I want to travel the country with uh, these pop-up events. That's amazing. I, I love all of that. And I feel like if I lived in a van, I would also be trying to schedule pop-ups around so I could go check out some new places. 
Well, before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to call out about non-dues revenue? Any like takeaways you want to leave folks with? Well, so sure. I'll leave you leave people with this fun nugget. If you made it this far, you deserve like some some like rich but quick content. <laughs> if you're talking with sponsors, which this is the time of year when you should be talking with sponsors. I know this content's probably evergreen, but this is, you know, when if you're toward the end of the year and you're having conversations with sponsors, just know that your sponsors are looking for one of three things. It's not really about what you're able to offer them. It's what you're able to give them that they want. And they want one of three things. They either want leads, they want thought leadership, or they want brand awareness. And take a peek at what you're offering in your prospectus. And if you can't put each of those items into one of these, those three buckets is probably not worth doing. And on top of that, this is going to sting a little bit, but if you, most of those sit in the brand awareness bucket, you really need to be really rethinking what you can offer your sponsors as opportunities for them to get new leads and, or be a part of your thought leadership. So that's what I'll leave people with. It's a whole separate podcast all on its own, but Um, I love having conversations around how to bring sponsors in and make them feel like people too. So Kelly, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I was just going to say thank you so much for coming on. I feel like we we packed a lot of really cool um, thoughts and ideas into this conversation. Um, and I would encourage folks to look for upcoming pop-ups and other non-dues related events from Non-Dues-A-Palooza. Um, you can check out nondoosapalooza.com for information about what they have coming up. Or you can reach out to Terry directly at Terry at nondoosapalooza.com. I'll put that in the show notes um, so that y'all don't have to try to spell it out. And if you and your leadership team are looking for some individual consulting, um, Terry also offers ideation and strategic consulting. So lots of good non-dues nuggets that you could be gathering from Terry and from nondoosapalooza. Oh, and on the higher logic side, um, a heads up for folks. Um, we have an upcoming webinar on November 16th. Um, that will be about AI and automation for associations, um, titled The Future Is Now. Um, that will be hosted by HireLogic's own co-founder and CEO, Rob Wanger. So again, I'll put that in the show notes so you can find it and you can check that out. That's a free webinar. Um, and I hope you'll tune in and hear what's ahead for associations and for HireLogic in the space of AI. And also, um, for those of you who enjoyed this conversation with Terry, I hope you'll check out Superforum. Um, we're excited to have Terry joining us to do a session on non-dues revenue. So um, you can learn even more great things from Terry at Superforum. Um, and that's in April of 2024. I'll include that linked as well. Um, that's superforum.hirelogic.com. Thank you again, Terry. It's been so great to have you. Thank you, Kelly. I appreciate the time. Just remember, you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. (laughs) (laughs) That's an awesome takeaway. Well, we'll see you all next time on the next episode. Bye. Cheers. Cheers.